Pray with me. O God of unchangeable power and eternal light, look favorably on this, your church, that wonderful and sacred mystery. By the effectual working of your providence, carry out in tranquility the plan of salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which were cast down are being raised up, and things which had grown old are being made new, and that all things are being brought to their perfection by him through whom all things were made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. One Sunday morning, a mother shook her son awake, telling him it was time to go to church. No effect. Ten minutes later, she was back. Get out of bed immediately and go to church. Mother, I don't want to. It's so boring. Why should I bother? For two reasons. You know you must go to church on a Sunday. And secondly, you are the bishop of the diocese. <laughs> Here we are, bishops, priests, and lay people alike, having rolled out of bed and made it here this morning. Well, maybe we still have some parishioners reclining at home. It's good to be back together. So good. It's a bit surreal. We are all hardly recognizable to one another without our masks on. It's a strange and wonderful thing. My heart is full of gratitude. This long fast from corporate worship in our space has afforded me a lot of time to think about church and what we are doing here, why we gather and what for, and what do we expect to happen when we gather, and what are those essential things that we do as a community. Maybe the most important question what is the good news of Jesus Christ for us today in 2021? That's a big question, but Paul doesn't back down from asking it this morning. And I want his words to stimulate how we think about church. Now, Paul often gets a bad rap, doesn't he? He's the one who's always talking about the wages of sin. He's the one who doesn't have a very favorable view of women and slaves and homosexuals. For many, including many scholars, Paul messes up the religion of Jesus of Nazareth by institutionalizing it, refocusing the early followers around exclusive doctrines. This morning's epistle isn't without difficulty, as Paul seems to enforce one of the dualisms between heaven and the body 
that has bedeviled Christianity since the beginning. Yet for all this, and these are big things, but for all this, I see the apostle as a frail and inspired human being, like all of us, and as someone who is doing his very best to describe the indescribable. Besides, Paul has just witnessed the bombshell of an event in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. He's standing next to a blasted out crater, ears still ringing, and he's stammering, trying to bear witness to the glory of it all. And this morning, he gives us one of his most mysterious and breathtaking and bold statements. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. What a mysterious statement that is. The old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Paul doesn't talk to us about sin this morning. He isn't here to remind us that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Paul is here to tell us about a world that is aged, grown old. I resonate with that image. I wonder if more than a few of us do. After the 15 months we've just survived, are you feeling a little bit older these days? A little more tired or fatigued? There were many articles written during COVID about how we have aged during this long winter. I read an article in the London Times not long ago on the COVID face. According to this article, we've all aged five years. Hannah Betts, the writer of this article, spent quarantine working full time, caring for her aged father also supervising her kids in school on Zoom. My face, Betts writes, post lockdown, it's as if I'm looking in a fairground mirror. Head on, it's like some vast angry moon, gray, mottled, and furious. Then I catch sight of myself while texting, and it's a collapsed concertina of lines and chins. <laughs> I can no longer even say I look like my mother. I look like some exhumed medieval ancestor. <laughs> well, even if our faces haven't aged, maybe our souls have. Perhaps we are all in a little more touch with our inner Methuselahs. You know, the guy in the Bible who lived to 900 years old. Well, the first piece of good news this morning is that Christ is here, present and sensitive to all that is in us 
that has grown weary and tired and old in this world. And then Paul says something even more mysterious. The old that has passed away. Notice here the past and finished tense of the verb. The old isn't gradually, isn't passing gradually over time. It's passed away. We've been whisked out of the old normal. Welcome to the new normal of life in Christ. Now, I find this to be a difficult word. Not always a helpful word. At least not to everyone. Feels a little awkward to go around trumpeting the new world. Paul says we have confidence in this message, and yet I think for many of us, the old is still hanging around, nagging at us. The old still feels around for those who've lost their jobs or lost a loved one over the last year. The old still feels around for our youth who are still wearing masks, waiting for their turn to get vaccinated. The old still feels around for too many of our black and brown brothers and sisters and mothers who've had to bury a loved one because of police brutality. Paul eases onto this scene with sensitivity, I imagine. Notice he doesn't ever say that the world, our world, is getting better or happier. Paul is no easy optimist offering cheap and insincere bromides. Paul knows as well as anyone else that the old ways of injustice and violence and loneliness are still around. But gently and lovingly, Paul wonders with us if even here we're capable of seeing the world, seeing the old differently because of Christ. Now that we no longer regard Christ, the risen Christ, from a human point of view, so too we don't regard the world from a human point of view. We've gained the eyes of Christ. The new creation, so I take it, isn't a thing out there in the world. There isn't a, nat a national park called new creation. It isn't a coordinate on any map. It's a perception in here that Christians are learning bit by bit to adopt. The old normal of loneliness and isolation, that isn't the world as it is in Christ. It's passed away. The old normal of greed and acquisitiveness, that isn't the world we've seen breaking through in his life. The old normal of judging others and building a society to judge others based on the color of their skin, that isn't the new normal that you've received in Jesus Christ. And you are there, oh Christian, to perceive that the old normal is not the world God intended. You are agents of a new normal. And once we begin looking at the world this way, we'll see more and more of the new coming into focus. I came across an unlikely story 
this past week about an agent of new creation, a manager at a Waffle House of all places in my hometown of Birmingham, Alabama. Are there Waffle Houses up here? Yeah. Oh, we are deprived. <laughs> Manager's name is Cedric Hampton. One of Cedric's young employees, a high school senior named Timothy Harrison, showed up for his evening shift on the day of his graduation ceremony from Woodlawn High School. Timothy wasn't too excited about graduation anyways, and he didn't have a ride there. He'd given up on the prospect of going to college, his GPA too low, and had started working at Waffle House, making hash browns and eggs a month before. As he headed into his shift, Cedric caught him and said, what are you doing here? Why aren't you going to graduation? Well, I didn't want to miss work. You're going. What do we need to do to get you there? Armed with a new mission, the Waffle House employees shifted into gear and put everything on hold. Get Timothy Harrison out of that greasy apron and they went out and purchased him dress clothes and slacks and a tie. A couple of employees hopped in the car and beelined it over to the high school to retrieve his cap and gown and hustled back so Timothy could get changed up in the bathroom. When I put on the new clothes, that was a different feeling. I don't even know the words, a million dollars. It was the best feeling in the world. Shauna Blevins, his coworker, then whisked him 20 miles across the town just in time for graduation. And as he walked across the stage, his Waffle House employee friends cheered him the whole way. The story went viral. And a local community college picked it up. Lawson State. Lawson State offered Timothy a full ride to come to their school. Books, room, and board included. Cedric Hampton, his manager at Waffle House, said, now he can go to college and figure out what to do in his life, and we're going to help guide him. The manager at a hole-in-the-wall diner looked new creation into one man's life. Waffle House, Waffle House, became what the church was always meant to be. To know that I have a path to go somewhere, that's something new, said Harrison. Let the whole world see and know that things which had grown old are being made new. Friends, every time you look within or look into the eyes of your neighbor or your spouse, you're bound to see some of the old. You're bound to see remnants of the soul wearied and aged. You're bound to see heaviness. 
you're bound to see more than a few COVID faces. But you have the eyes of Christ now, which you've been given to help people in some small and ordinary way and to see them into the new normal of grace and healing. Are you up for a walk this week? Want to catch up? It's been a while. Want to join me at church? The road into new creation is many. You don't have to evangelize. You don't have to lead them to recognize Jesus Christ as the new normal of the universe. You're there to perceive them as if it is the case. For it is. And the church, our church, we gather each Sunday and hear the stories of scripture to hear the good news of this old world visited by Christ. And as we are nourished by his life, we are invited to bring more and more of our lives into his gracious company, to encounter those parts of ourselves that have grown old, to let them be seen through the eyes of the one who is pure love. Paul, Paul might not have gotten everything just right, but let's not miss his daring gospel that at the root of reality, at the depth of all things, is a gaze, a vision, loving us and all creation into something young and new again. Amen.